This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Deep South Dining, the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. It's here on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. So today on the show, it's all about one of the most interesting meals in America, brunch. You know, it's that meal between breakfast and lunch where people eat light combinations of their favorite dishes and usually pair it with a sparkling beverage. If you're a fan of brunch, we want you to share your favorite brunch ideas. And also, we're going to talk about what Deborah brought in from her kitchen today. So you can join the conversation with a phone call. The number is one mpb ring It's one 672 7464 or email the show food at mpbonline.org. So good morning, Deborah. Hope that you're doing well this morning. Good morning, Kevin. I have to be the like the happiest woman on the planet today. So of course this week has been extraordinarily busy, but I had a chance to go to Hattiesburg, Mississippi, right. and I want to say thank you for that very much, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a chance to meet your brother Sean, and uh, we. Uh, had just such a fantastic time. And I learned a few things about you this weekend. <laughs> That's twice you've said that now. That makes me very nervous. <laughs> well, one of the things that I learned, Kevin, is that you really love me. Your brother had a lot of kind things to say. And the other thing is I've learned that you've been very shy since you were a little boy. Well, that's true. Fortunately, uh, I guess, I don't know, that's interesting because if you're a shy child and you have older siblings, it was sometimes easier to kind of hang out with, you know, older siblings, friends uh, than than making some of your own. But I, 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 I'm kind of shy. I've kind of have worked that um, uh, since, especially in a professional life, you know, like when we go out to meet listeners and that sort of thing. It's 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 difficult for me to kind of it's interesting if someone walks up to me now <clears throat> and engages me in conversation, I've gotten to be a little more comfortable where I can carry on a conversation. But in a social setting. I do not go up and, you know, hi, how are you? That kind of thing. So I think it's adorable, actually. Well, but you. we had quite a few laughs about you being shy. <laughs> and I won't tell the audience everything that was said. But the Hattiesburg Library event uh, was just, I'm still, I don't even have words for it, Kevin. You know, uh, I didn't know what I was walking into. And so when we got there, you know, had a few books, you know, to sell. But the audience was so engaging and so kind. And Sean and his staff uh, were above bar in their kindness. And if you've not gone to the Hattiesburg Library, it's akin to something in Cambridge. It is really a beautiful, I had no idea. The building takes up an entire city block in Mm -hmm. Hattiesburg. But when you walk into the structure... It is gorgeous, and it's got just loads and loads of books. And, of course, I did not know that my delicious Mississippi Life cookbook is now a legal book in their library. There you go. So that was fantastic. And after we um, left Hattiesburg, I went to Indianola, Mississippi, and I did the Indian Arts and Eat Festival. And let me tell you. I want to move back to the Delta. (laughs) Those folks were so kind. And Evelyn, if you're listening this morning, I still uh, am just overwhelmed for for her Southern hospitality, Kevin. She um, coordinated the event uh, and she prepared uh, dinner for us when we first got there. And so we were had a chance to visit in her home and I felt like royalty. She was she just went above bar 
the event the following day taught me a lot about myself. I um, was speaking on a subject that I had never, you know, done before. I'm used to talking about what we do here, but I was talking about pecans and I got a little nervous. And that was really funny because I'm usually kind of, you know, I'm a social butterfly. Um, But, you know, the audience was very gracious and we had a great time and I got to show my art there as well. So, yeah. Uh, Yeah. So I'll I'll give props to my brother. He does a good job there with the library. I recently was down there when uh, they have a little spelling bee. So they asked me to help out with that. So we had a lot of fun with that at T-Bones, which is a local place there in Hattiesburg. Uh, But I would echo that. You know, I remember when that library was first being built and that huge mural uh, that they put up there. Uh, that uh, it's pretty much the city, the history of the city of Hattiesburg in art form. Uh, also, what I like about um, the staircase behind the main circulation desk is a throwback to the original library in Hattiesburg had that sort of um, um, shaped staircase, you know, to come in. It was how you got into the library. So there was a throwback to the old library there and some of the design elements there. So, And I would uh, encourage folks, and uh, not just the Hattiesburg Library because my brother works there, but libraries are great sources of you know, you can check out books, obviously, but to check into some of the programs that the libraries do, because I think each library does a good job of trying to um, interact in its own community to uh, improve the life for all the, all the people that live there. Absolutely, Kevin. I mean, uh, again, if you've not gone to the Hattiesburg Library, please stop by and see my unofficial brother-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> It is just an absolutely superb environment. So do you think that we look alike? Um, I do. Okay. I do think you look alike. Sean had some stuff to say about that. And again, you and I will talk about that after, <laughs> <laughs> after the show is over with. I'm not going to tell you that he said that he was the better looking brother. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, this morning you brought in something just... Uh, I'm delicious. I, I scarf mine down as I often do when you bring food in. Uh, but tell us what you brought in this morning. Well, see, Kevin, you know, of course, I'm, I still have goosebumps because uh, Sean did share, you know, some very kind things that you had to say. And so I wanted to celebrate you today. And I brought in something that I knew you would love because you're a chocolate fan. I brought in chocolate tart pie today. It's delicious. And again, what I love about that is you you pay attention not only to the taste, but the visual presentation. And what I love is around the outside edge of the pie, you put little the little miniature chocolate chips. And you were saying that some of them have melted. So there's a little bit of kind of like chocolate, I don't know, straws or lines or whatever. So it's, it turned out to be a pretty art piece, actually. But you're right. I used the the. Uh, super miniature mm-hmm. uh, chips, and they're semi-sweet. This tart is not overly sweet. It has just the rest, right texture. The recipe is super, super, super easy, Kevin. All you need is a stick of half of butter. You need one cup of brown sugar, and you want to just let the butter melt, stir in your brown sugar. You also need one cup of cream. And you once you uh, so you want to stir the cream in while the sugar and butter is is over the fire. Once it starts to uh, bubble just a little bit and all of the sugar has uh, diluted, you want to take it off the heat, Kevin. And now you want to add in eggs while it's still warm. So you got to move really really fast. There are actually six eggs in this recipe. Uh, once you get your eggs whipped in really good, and again, you've got to move fast because if not, the eggs will scramble <laughs> in the recipe. Then you're going to add in a level, uh, large spoon of flour. You want to add, whip that in really well, and then you're going to pour in your chocolate. Well, let me back up. You pour in your chocolate m- morsels 
at why it's still hot mm-hmm. before you add your flour in. And you need about a cup and a half of chocolate morsels. And that's it. You're going to label it into your pie crust. Or if you're going to use a graham cracker crust, you can do that. And you're going to bake this for about 35 to 40 minutes, and that's it. And another thing uh, I'll say that I think sometimes goes un- unappreciated, but your pie crusts are always so like, and to me, that's an important part of, of a pie is the crust. One of the worst things for me, Kevin, is to see people eat the centers out of a pie and leave the <laughs> crust on the table. So I'm always, I, I want people to feel like the the crust is that additional, like, oh my God, I got an extra treat. So, and there's a way to cure your pie crust if you're going to buy them out of the store. What you want to do is make sure that they're at room temperature before you pour anything into them. Then you want to brush on a little uh, butter that's been diluted with a little warm water and just lightly brush it. And then you pop them in the oven for about five to eight minutes before you put anything in them. That way that pie crust will cook through and through because a lot of times uh, you can have a pie crust, you've put everything in, and then when you cut it, the bottom of it is not done. Mm -hmm. And so it's just taking those few extra steps to treat your pie crust before you actually bake anything. All right, uh, we're going to take a quick break, but before we do, we'll, we'll jump into a little bit about our topic this morning. It is brunch. Uh, brunch is defined by Wikipedia as a combination of breakfast and lunch, eaten usually during the late morning to early afternoon, generally served from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., and regularly has some form of alcoholic drink, most usually champagne or cocktail served with it. It originated in England in the late 18th century, but became popular in the U.S. in the 1930s. So if you have um, a brunch story, maybe things that you like to either eat at a brunch or if you have hosted a brunch, uh, what do you like to serve? Give us a call. The phone lines are open. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464. You can email the show food at mpbonline.org. And during the break, see if you can list all seven meals of the day. That's right, seven. Well, you know, <laughs> breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and we'll add brunch to the list, but there are three other ones. We'll tell you about those when we get back. Something without one bears heavy on my mind. Then I look at you. And the world's all right with me Just one look at you And I know it's gonna be A lovely Your old car is kind of like that hairstyle you had in high school. Really cool back in the day. But that old car is still cool when you donate it to MPB Think Radio. Go to mpbonline.org for details. Then sit back and enjoy the ride. Now that's cool. Welcome back. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. It's all about brunch today. You may be in the kitchen right now preparing your favorite brunch dish. So if you do, take a moment to... Uh, Give us a phone call and join the conversation. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 You can email the show food at mpbonline.org. We've got some open phone lines. We know brunch is popular uh, all across America. So, again, you know, you don't have to have a recipe for us. Maybe you just want to share what you enjoy uh, eating when you go to a fancy brunch. 
Before the break, we asked you to list all seven meals of the day, and yes, we are counting seven meals. So here they are <laughs> uh, in chronological order. Breakfast, everyone kind of knows about that. The first meal of the day, usually between 6 and 9 a.m. Brunch, the meal that we're talking about today, a late morning uh, or early afternoon. Uh, instead of breakfast and lunch, it's it's most common on Sundays, of course. I think that's true. But people have a little bit of extra time on their hand. This is a new one on me, the Elevenses. So you can say Froto Baggins. <laughs> see, I'm not a, I, see, I'm not a Hobbit person. That's why I didn't know this Yeah, name. this is definitely a Lord of the Ring thing. So are you Grandolf the Great? I, <laughs> all I know, it's a snack eaten around 11 a.m. Biscuits yeah. and coffee. Right. Uh, yeah. And so you would carry the, the hobbits carry their little biscuits in their pouch okay. and you serve coffee. And it's that whole, you know, I'm a Lord of the Ring. It's like precious. You know, <laughs> I think I might have mentioned, but I read a, a series of books, a mystery books. And the protagonist is a woman who owns a, a bakery that sells cookies. And so she's always talking about the time between people coming in for their breakfast cookie and people coming in for their lunch cookie. So I guess if you have a cookie bakery, you have to think in, in those terms. But I never thought of, you know, a breakfast or a lunch cookie. But uh, Or the biscuit could be called the cookie. That's right. Mm-hmm. Okay, lunch is the meal in the middle of the day, usually around noon. Tea is a light afternoon meal of sandwiches, cakes, etc., with a drink of tea around 4 p.m. Kevin, you can't just say tea. You have to say tea. Tea. Tea, yes. <laughs> Sometimes called afternoon tea. The word tea can also refer to a cooked evening meal around 6 p.m. So we've gotten breakfast, brunch, elevenses, lunch, tea. (laughs) And now the other interesting one to me, supper, a light or informal evening meal around 6 or 7. And then dinner is the main meal of the day, eaten either in the middle of the day or in the evening. We usually, when people say dinner, they mean an evening meal around 7 to 9 p.m. But in the South, especially on Sunday... I think dinner is lunch because people on Sunday traditionally eat the big meal uh, in the afternoon. Absolutely. You know, because it's that whole, you know, um, going to church thing Mm -hmm. and after service you want the fellowship. And so we call it that. But, again, the appropriate time would be, um, like you said, in the evening from 7 to 9 p.m. around my place. It's all day. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, though, for my dinner is usually – I guess I'm more of a supper guy because, uh, in, at least in terms of the time, because I'm I'm usually eat my evening meal a little bit earlier uh, in the evening. And again, I've I've heard though that uh, maybe people's dinner should be their lunch because I think that it's better to have larger meals in the day, and then as the night wears on, maybe not so much that you're not uh, overly calorie laden as you as you go to bed. So, so the the thing that happens with me though, Kevin, and I know this is terrible, but I usually only end up eating maybe once, sometimes mm. twice a day. I'm going to eat a meal probably midday, and because I'm so busy, I don't want to go to bed feeling like I, you know. So I usually am going to late in the evenings. I'm a coffee drinker or having some tea or doing a juice. I'm not eating all day like that. And I know that uh, if I'm anxious about something like a big tennis match or something, I sometimes don't like to eat because I, I just, I don't know, when you get nervous, I think you're not really that hungry. And I, I think if we all could only eat when we were hungry, and I know that I'm kind of a bad uh, violator of that, uh, you know, with the snacks and everything, uh, that we would be better off. But anyway, so those are the seven uh, meals of the day. We're focusing in on brunch. And again, we're looking for your comments and suggestions. Always like to hear from you as you're listening in this morning. It's one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two. 672 
7464. You can email the show food at mpbonline.org. So let's talk about some of the staples in a brunch. The first one that comes to mind and one of my favorites is quiche. So for those that might not know, what exactly is quiche? It's an egg pie, darling. Exactly. Yeah, and it's absolutely (laughs) wonderful because you can... uh, Add anything that you want to to your quiche. One of the favorites for me, Kevin, is to, of course, along with those yummy eggs, is to find a tart type of cheese. Not just, you know, your mal cheddars, or, but I want to add something maybe like a little goat cheese that's going to give you that tingy bite in the back of your jawline. Adding in some tomatoes, some green onions, some mushrooms. You can do bacon. You can do shrimp. I mean, there's nothing that I don't love about a good quiche. What I like uh, to do in quiche is to get the um, the spinach. And usually when I make my quiche, you can get the frozen spinach and just kind of blot it out, make sure it's really dry, and mix that in there. because the mood... <gasps> Frozen, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, sometimes you got to cheat and use some of the... That's sacrilegious. But the beautiful, that beautiful deep green color uh, with the color of the eggs, I think, really uh, yeah, adds to it. A- absolutely. Uh, spinach, you know, is usually one of those things that you will actually find in a lot of quiche recipes. And it adds that wonderful bite to it. And like you said, I like the brightness of the color against the yellow eggs, you know, and adding in some tomatoes. It's perfect. Um, one time my mother was a good quiche maker, but one, one evening she made some and she forgot to put the cheese in it. So it really was egg pie. So, <laughs> uh, but she readily admitted that. And she, you know, she came full disclosure. She, she told everybody before she served it. So, um, but yeah, the, and like you said, there's so many different things that you can put in quiche and get a lot of variety of tastes going in there, uh, that that's a good one. And that, that's, a, you know, that, I think that's really an appropriate quiche meal because, or quiche meal, brunch meal, <laughs> because it's, it's filling, but it's not heavy. And again, I think the idea of a brunch is maybe it's kind of some lighter things to have. Absolutely. You want, when you're doing brunches and what I love about brunches, it's just like any other meal doing the, that we celebrate. You can create wonderful themes around them and you'll find a lot of brides will serve brunches for her bridal party or to announce their, you know, her engagement or whatever. But you can, you know, do a flower theme or you do butterflies or if you, you know, if you want to celebrate a particular style of food, you can, everything can be centered around, uh, let's say we're going to do a tomato festival and every dish, you know, is going to have a bite of tomato in it. And it's just wonderful. And you're right. You want to do little petite bites because you got to remember that an hour later, you're going to have lunch. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're eating like that during the course of the day. We've got some open phone lines. Uh, Any brunch lovers out there, call in and let us know what your favorite thing to see on a brunch table is. We've got some suggestions here that we'll talk about. We will always love to have input from you as you listen this morning. Again, a reminder of the phone number. It is 1-877-MPB-RING. It's 1-877-672-7464. You can email the show. Send it to food at mpbonline.org. We do have a caller on the line. So we say good morning to Kim, who's called in from Gaucher. Good morning, Kim. Hey, Kim. Good morning. Hi. Hi. How are you doing? Fantastic. Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm driving from Mobile to Gaucher to go to work at Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College. All right. I'm a teacher there. I want to let you know about another meal. I hope you can hear me over the rain. We My can. friends and I have a meal we call Leonard. <laughs> it's now three or four o'clock, and uh, I usually, I'm like you, don't eat too many times a day. I'll have breakfast, then I have a meal in the late in the afternoon. It combines lunch and uh, dinner. Winter. Yep. yep. 
Uh, Kim, that's funny because uh, one of our coworkers, Liz Gill, came in during the break and she said the exact same thing. So I'm not sure why that one hasn't gained as much traction as brunch did because it certainly makes sense. And I think it's uh, something that a lot of people uh, do eat. Kim, is there a special something, a liner, a favorite that you have? Oh, uh, I'll eat a little bit of anything. I like uh, salmon with salad mm-hmm. or shrimp with pasta, a lot of seafood. All right. Thanks uh, Kim, for calling thank in. thank you so much, and You be careful out there in that rain, and have a wonderful work day. All right. Thanks for thank calling, you. Kim. Enjoy your <clears throat> So um, some good stuff there. Uh, uh, that that uh, Again, that's the idea. Maybe these transition meals, it seems like we're eating a little bit lighter than we would uh, well, a, the, well, actually, that's the whole idea about serving the seven meals during the course of the day, Kevin. It, it was never intended for us to sit down and eat huge plates of food. And, of course, you know, that's something that we love to do here in the South. We we love those wonderful overloaded plates. But it's really for each meal to just take small bites of food. so that you, And it actually helps to increase your metabolism. So mm-hmm. your body is burning fat all during the course of the day. You don't just have this one big burn and then all of a sudden there's no no, no fuel there at all. But from breakfast to, you know, your last meal of the day, which would be dinner, uh, it's really in the intended to have tiny plates. Actually, plates have gotten larger mm-hmm. over the course of the years. You know, where designers have partnered with food companies and people figured out if the plates were bigger, people would spend more money on their foods. But dinner plates really traditionally were just tiny little plates. And so you put small amounts of food on them and you ate a little bite all day. Mm-hmm. But just to uh, push back on that one, Deborah, the buffets have gotten smaller plates. <laughs> but it doesn't stop people from, and what I've noticed at buffets, which I absolutely hate, by the way. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, what I notice is that people will take three and four plates to their table. So it's not stopping people from Oh, eating. no, no, yeah. it's not. But we just had a, um, a caller call in, and we were talking about all those different meals of the day. And um, I just want to make a put a clarification out there. You're not technically supposed to eat all of those meals a day you just they 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 have a specific name Name for the you know for the different time because if you that would be completely unhealthy if you were eating eight big square meals a day. but yeah but that's why i said tiny bites during the day nobody Mm -hmm. you know it was not intended for anybody to sit down and eat these plates that we serve now that are just overloaded to the edges with everything Literally just tiny little petite bites. You know, I think uh, Kim, our caller, mentioned salmon, and that's just a quick story. I went to one of those uh, hibachi places for dinner this weekend, and one of the people sitting at the table ordered salmon. Mm -hmm. So the the guy, you know, the chef cooked it up, and I think there were like three people that served salmon, and he served it, you know, medium rare to medium, which is how salmon is cooked. Right. She she takes a bite. She says, oh, oh, I I need you to cook this. And then... (laughs) The guy, I think, got a little offended. It was funny. I've never seen, you know, the hibachi cook sort of, not insult, but sort of challenge the people because he was like, cooked it more. What do you think that is, chicken? (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, he cooked it more for her, but everyone else was saying, well, yeah, that's the way that you eat salmon. So, But this was interesting because one of them wanted double rice with no vegetables. One of them wanted only broccoli. The guy got his rice and he wanted his rice cooked more. So I thought this poor chef is out there working hard and these people are like, I want this. I want that. But that doesn't just happen at the hibachi grills. That happens at every restaurant across the country. So we say salute today to all of 
the chefs who are back there sweating it out and making sure that all of the clients for all of your restaurants that you work at are absolutely happy. Because let me tell you, it is something about sitting in a restaurant that allows people who have had no power over their lives all day to go crazy. It's just really amazing to watch it in action. I, I will agree. And I've been guilty of this myself sometimes, but I try not to. <clears throat> because, again, anybody that's ever worked in a restaurant, maybe growing up or any kind, maybe in college as a waiter or whatever, you know how people can be very picky. And it makes sense. They're paying for food and that kind of thing. I understand that. But, uh, you know, it, it, sometimes patience is, is certainly a virtue for those in the uh, food service industry. That's for sure. Absolutely. It's a restaurant, not a fast food drive through <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> Ah, our friend Timothy has called in from Louisiana. Good morning, Timothy. What do you have for us? Hey, Timothy. Good morning. Good morning, y'all. You know, I've been married four times, right? <laughs> okay. And There's hope for me still. Wife, <laughs> my second and favorite wife, I lost her to cancer when I was 30. She was uh, considerably older, but that's another story. But she every Saturday morning, I had to drive her 60 miles to get a <laughs> cheesecake from a particular deli, okay? Uh-huh. And one day I was able to bribe the cook to give me the recipe. <laughs> but, you know, it's eggs and cheese, and it's great. You know, you bake it in a springform pan and pop that sucker out, and you can, you know, put some hot fruit compote over it mm-hmm. or a variation on that. She was Nigerian and Italian. Oh, wow. And so she had both... Well, both African and and Italian um, cooking in her in her blood, mm-hmm. you know. And she would sometimes make this tomato. Um, well, it's kind of like a tomato sauce, but very thick, very chunky, you know. Mm-hmm. And we she put it, make it hot, and serve it over that cheesecake after we got it home, you know. Wow. And it, it made such a good breakfast, you know. I mean, good Lord, it was heavy, but, you know, uh, it made her happy, and that's all all that mattered to me. Oh, all right. that's so sweet. Kevin, do you want to make me happy? <laughs> <laughs> of course. Timothy, that's such a sweet story. Thank you so much. Good to hear from you, Timothy. Uh, let's take another break. We've got Kathleen on the line to get to after the break. Uh, we will continue discussing brunch, once only served on Sundays as a family meal after church. Now there are restaurants strictly dedicated to brunch. So give us a call about your favorite brunch dishes at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 and during the break, try to guess what National Food Day it is today. Just about every day is a national food holiday. So when we get back, we'll tell you which sweet treat it's celebrating its national day today. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. If you missed any of today's show or a previous show, you can subscribe to the podcast using your favorite podcast app for your smartphone, or you can download the MPB Public Media app for your phone. Uh, that allows you to listen back to old shows and uh, to listen basically to MPB Think Radio on your schedule. If you want to join our brunch conversation this morning, give us a call. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring That phone number is one eight seven seven six seven two. 7464. You can always email the show as well. It's food at mpbonline.org. We'll get to the phone lines in just a minute, but before the break, we asked if you could name the sweet treat that's celebrating its national holiday today. Today is 
<laughs> National Cherries Jubilee Day. Oh. So Chef Auguste Escoffier received credit for the Cherries Jubilee recipe. Knowing the Queen's fondness for cherries, Escoffier prepared the dish for one of Queen Victoria's Jubilee celebrations. The original recipe didn't include ice cream. Instead, the chef poached the cherries in a simple syrup and poured warm brandy over them. Mm. Then just before serving, he dramatically set the alcohol aflame. Later recipes added the liqueur Kirschwasser and ice cream. So um, that's interesting. Like I said, I I know I've heard of Cherries Jubilee, but I've never had it. But if you've ever had one of those flambe, you know, uh, either desserts or meals or whatever, it is quite impressive when you know they light up the the thing right there at your at your at your table. I am absolutely horrified <laughs> of food being set on fire in front of me. Well, again, hearkening back to the uh, the hibachi, my favorite thing is when the guy lights up the grill and that first thing where he lights up the oil and there's that big flame. So yeah, but he's far enough away from me where I'm good with that, Kevin. When they bring like the you know you can get the birthday cake uh, at fine. Uh, fine and dandies right. <laughs> with the big sparklers on it, and I'm like pushing back from the table, going, "Okay, it's <laughs> just yeah." That uh, fine and dandies is a, a little uh, a hamburger place here in Jackson. Uh, that you're right. We we celebrated one of our coworkers' birthdays there, and they give you this huge slice of cake with the a, a sparkler, and it it had to be a foot tall. It's like and- it's not the Fourth of July. <laughs> what the heck is going on at the table? It's really pretty to look at. <laughs> I'm just, I'm not an arsonist. I'm sorry. I had my hand on my water uh, glass just in case there was trouble. Um, we've got uh, Kathleen from Osaka on the line. Good morning, Kathleen. Good morning. Well, good morning. Good morning. My favorite meal, brunch. You oh. can't beat it, but you can't be OCD and go to a brunch because you'll never figure out what you really want to eat. <laughs> You've got... Um, a place I had gone to in New Orleans, it was a special occasion. It was the Hyatt. Mm-hmm. And it was the same place where they had Pete Fountain's band playing and uh, bands of similar uh, decor. So we'd gone there not knowing exactly what we were going to be into. I figured, sure, I'll find something to eat there. <laughs> they had four, I think, 20-foot, 30-foot tables, double-sided with stuff. Everything from grits and griots and then the cheesecakes and then they had the artichokes and they had the seafood. It was great. But they they kind of got you staying there because they give you a free picture of mimosas. <laughs> so the happier you got, the more you enjoyed your food. And it was absolutely wonderful. But what they said, take your time, spend the day. Well, before you know it, it was lunchtime. And we were still at the same table and they loved it. And they had another band and people eating lunch. We just teeter-tottered between the whole deal. But uh, a brunch at a really high-class hotel, you can't miss it. Even if you just sample a little bit. Right. You don't count calories on a day like that. (laughs) Not at all. All right. Good story, Kathleen. Thanks for calling in. We've got some open phone lines. If you have a favorite brunch item that you'd like to share with us, the number is 1-877-MPB-RING. It's 1-877-MPB-RING. Six seven two seven four six four. So we talked about today being uh, Cherry's Jubilee Day. Tomorrow is National Lobster Day, and oh. lobster is kind of becoming a brunch staple. Uh, there is the advanced like lobster breakfast tacos with soft scrambled eggs, goat cheese, and avocado cream, and doesn't that sound delicious? And for the not so advanced, lobster and chive scrambled eggs. So um, that's that. Oh, add a little you can't touch forget your... the lobster mac and cheese, Kevin. Well, no, I, I certainly wouldn't forget about that. <laughs> 
But that's uh, that's you know that would be a, a kind of a way to to add a little class, I think, because lobster. I think uh, interesting. I think we might have mentioned this before in the program, but lobster originally was considered a trash fish, and it was you know uh, the, the servants ate it. But now, obviously, over time, it's become something that I think adds a little bit of uh, a class, a touch of class to any uh, brunch. Well, what you'll find with most food staples, uh, Kevin, is those items uh, across the world that were considered to be trash foods or peasants' foods. Uh, ended up on menus and became very posh uh, because what restaurants are interested in doing, of course, is making money. And you know that if ordinary people are eating it and you want them to come into your restaurant, then you, you know, you sprinkle a little fancy magic on it and you put a price tag on it and then you invite people to come in. So absolutely. All right. So like I said, if you want to try adding lobster to your uh, brunch table, uh, a simple recipe here for lobster and chive scrambled eggs. You'll need a quarter cup of butter, a quarter cup of chopped chives, eight ounces of cooked lobster meat, 12 beaten eggs, and salt and pepper. So you melt the butter in a large non-stick skillet. (laughs) Over medium-low heat, add the lobster and chives. Cook, stirring often until the lobster is heated through and coated with the chives and the butter. Lower the heat to low and add the beaten eggs. Cook, stirring constantly until the eggs begin to thicken. Then raise the heat to medium and continue to cook until the legs, eggs are soft but fully set. Season with salt and pepper and serve immediately with toast. So that sounds really good. And again, something like that. Obviously, you can cook as much as you like. Some people like their scrambled eggs a little firmer than others. But that's a, a simple thing, and it really adds, a, a, kind of kicks up the flavor of scrambled eggs, which are kind of a great base thing in order to put other things in to, oh, to build absolutely. flavor. absolutely. I, I never want to just serve plain eggs, Kevin. You always want to add something extra in. But adding that little bite of uh, lobster with green onions uh, is just an absolutely way, wonderful way to have a, br- a bite for brunch. So, um, you know, another um, brec- or brunch item that we've not talked about that to me is, is kind of a relatively new popular thing, and that's chicken and waffles. Uh not so new, not so new, but absolutely wonderful. Yeah, it's and actually we're going to have waffles later today, Kevin. I, when we uh, uh, air off, get off the air today, we're going to go and, um, you know, we're going to hang out and have some fresh waffles. And I made some homemade syrup today and I've brought you in some caramel, homemade caramel syrup. That's just absolutely divine. And I've also made a, um, a fake maple syrup today to serve with the waffles, so I'm excited about that. You know, I'm, that's interesting, though, that the, when you <clears throat> first hear chicken and waffles, you, it doesn't maybe necessarily, but that's really, it really is a good it's combination such a there. wonderful, wonderful bite. It is just absolutely divine. Got another phone call to get to. Let's invite Jerry into the conversation. Good morning, Jerry. Hey, Jerry. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? Fantastic. How are you? Yes. I was just uh, talking to the gentleman right there. Now it's the phone. I worked at the uh, the Golden Nugget Casino. Okay. And I worked in a restaurant there, right there. And we had a la carte, but every Sunday morning we would turn our, our uh, restaurant into a buffet style brunch, right there. And I was the carver. Okay. And, uh, we had prime ribs. Oh, oh yeah. wow. Prime ribs, right at the common station. Mm-hmm. We had this, uh, uh, escargot. Mm-hmm. We had caviar. We had a flambe. Banana Foster and Cherry Jubilee. Wow. Oh, wow. I mean, I mean, it was like a five-star right there, and I really enjoyed it. You know, while I was out there, and I stayed out there like five years, and you often live better, right down from the Riverside Casino. Hmm. We had craft, uh, uh, we had uh, crab legs, we had, uh, I 
I mean, shrimp and everything. <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, it, it was good. Right there from like about 9 o'clock. No, it's about 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock, I mean, we open right then. We close until 11. Then we turn back to a la carte. Mm-hmm. But it's one of the most, you know, we had champagne with promotion. Yep. I mean, everything, you know what? And it's one of the most unique experiences I ever had, right? I did from the South. And I stayed out there almost 10 years. Wow. Hey, Jerry, I bet at the uh, carving station you stayed pretty busy. <laughs> I stayed pretty busy right here. Very good environment, too. <laughs> and me, I'm going to talk to the president, right? I'm a people person right there. And uh, people come back right there, and uh, we will alternate. Then I request, I ain't up that permanent right there because I talk about snack. And you, you, you'd be surprised with the southern hospitality carry across the world. Absolutely. And you, and you know what? And food and personality, they mix. They do indeed. Absolutely, right. Jerry. Jerry. Thank thanks you for the call. so much. So, Kevin, have you had the wonderful Escagos? Uh, I, no, I have not. I, I can't. Um, uh, it, <laughs> anything that looks like. Boiled rubber bands. I can't really see. Yeah, I've not, not tried them either. I, I'm, I'm tempted, you know, because again, I'm always saying never be afraid to, to. But I've seen them on the plate a couple of times, and I just looked and go, yeah, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna have to pray about that a little bit. I, I remember. I think it was uh, my dad liked him, and I think my brother Sean, who you met at the library, I think kind of developed a taste for him. And it seems like when we were stationed overseas in Germany, we were in some fancy restaurant, and they had the the shells, you know, and then you have a little knife that you dig them right. out. Well, one of them was empty. <laughs> and my dad said something to the waiter, and the waiter was just totally unbelievable. And at first he was digging around in the knife. Then he got like a napkin out, and he was shaking the shell trying to get something to come out of there. But yeah, the smell just empty. crawled off before <laughs> dinner time. That's what happened. <laughs> That's like a cartoon. The smell's like, get away, get away, get away. <laughs> something crawling away from you. Like, what is that? He, he, yeah, so, yeah, one of them got out before, uh, before the water got to be too hot, apparently, or something. So I uh, got another caller. Let's talk to Jesse in Mobile. Hey, Jesse. Good morning. Hey, good morning. How's it going? Fantastic. Good. What do you have for us today, doll? Since you're doing brunch, have you tried praline flavored syrup with your chicken and waffles? Oh, wow. oh I got that goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> I have not had the perline syrup. I know what perline is and what it tastes like. I have not had the syrup yet. Well, you get the best of both worlds. You've got your waffles, and now you've thrown in pralines, even though you're not really having pralines. Right. Wow. With that addition. Man. Yeah, there's a Priester's Pecans, which is one of the stores over here, and there's also some you can find from South Georgia. But typically, if you're in that syrup section, it's a flat bottle. Wow. As opposed to a traditional round bottle. But typically, you'll see maple praline broadly displayed on the label. All right. Well, I'm so glad Christmas is coming. Hint, hint. <laughs> All right. Hey, Jesse, Jesse, thank you so thanks much. Thanks for the tip. That, that's a good one. So, um, Speaking of chicken and waffles, Kevin, yes. I just had like this wonderful memory. Uh, county seat uh, right here in Madison County has some of the best chicken waffles. So I'm going to give them a wonderful shout out this morning. That chicken is divinely crispy. The waffles were amazing. And uh, I almost embarrassed myself. <laughs> it was just really, really amazing. <clears throat> All right. Time for one last break this hour. Uh, we're looking for your brunch recipes as we talk about brunch throughout the hour. Give us a call. The number is one mpb ring It's one 877 
672-7464. You can email the show food at mpbonline.org. A staple, a lot of a brunch is the egg. But uh, how many eggs do you think Americans eat each year? Think about it. We'll have the answer for you after the break, so stay tuned. Welcome back. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. A reminder that if you missed part of today's show or any of the previous shows but need to go back and listen to them, you can uh, get the podcast. Subscribe to the Deep South Dining podcast using any of your favorite podcast apps. And a reminder again of the MPB Public Media app. If you download that for your phone, you can listen to MPB Think Radio on your schedule. So um, we've been talking about brunch this morning. Still time to work in a call with maybe your favorite brunch item at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven. Six seven two seven four six four. Email the show food at mpbonline.org. Our producer Java does a great job getting little bits of trivia uh, to go along with our discussion. And so before the break, we asked the question, how many eggs do you think Americans eat every year? In 2017, the U.S. consumption was estimated at 274.2 eggs per person. In 2014, the total egg production value amounted to about 10 Point one seven billion dollars in the U.S. Wow, wow, so, Kevin, I've probably used about that two hundred and seventy-four eggs this month. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> I mean, when you think about making pecan pies, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of eggs consumed. You know, chocolate pies. So I use. I use a lot of eggs. Yeah, and when I was looking that up, I was actually um, talking with my mother at the same time, and we were, you know, came up to the realization that that 274 doesn't sound like a big number because you can eat so many eggs. You know, you crack three for scrambled eggs, mm-hmm. and then you may, uh, like you say, Deborah, ha- add some in your your bacon. You um, want to add some eggs to your fried rice. You you know, you add a egg. You boil some eggs and just eat two or three ball eggs yep. so you <laughs> you'll run through some eggs real real quick the incredible edible egg <laughs> but i agree with java because the same way i kind of i kind of looked at it and thought that's a whole lot but then i realized as he just said that usually if you're using an egg in food it's hardly ever just one egg so you know a traditional pound cake normally calls for six eggs i mean you just one cake so right. you know you think about baking 15 20 cakes as a private baker per week versus a bakery shop that's producing hundreds and hundreds of cakes and pies every day. So yeah, we eat a lot of eggs in this country. And just a quick shout out to the Mississippi Egg Board every year at the State Fair, which is coming up in Jackson in just a week or so. Yeah. Uh, they have an egg chair that you can have your picture made for free in it. And I have in my office the last, I think it's up to eight years in a row. Every year wow. I go to the State Fair, I make it a point to get a picture in the egg chair. So I have, you can see me getting... You should really... become the official egg chair ambassador, <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> but that's kind of fun because it's one of those things where you start, you want to keep up the string. So I'm Aww. definitely uh, going, and again, um, we might talk about this as the State Fair gets here, but my favorite thing is to go during lunchtime because you get in for free for one thing, but then you get all that wonderful fair food that oh uh, you, know, you try to eat, eat a little bit of this and a little bit of that. So uh, maybe we'll later, as the fair's in town, maybe we could have a thing about what your favorite fair food I is. I think we should do the fair show at the fair. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just go down there and walk around and talk to people and eat food, you know? All right, with 274 eggs a year per person, there are dumb, a number of different ways to eat eggs. So let's uh, run through the list. Some of these you might have heard of, maybe not uh, others. First of all, hard-boiled. A hard-boiled egg is cooked in its shell in boiling water. The hard refers to the consistency of the egg white and the yolk. 
because there is also soft-boiled eggs. Uh, same process as the hard-boiled eggs, but cut the cooking time about in half so it gets the egg white cooked while leaving the yolk a little bit runny. Mm. What uh, what do you have you ever used a soft boiled egg in a, in, a, in a dish? I'm curious as to maybe what. Uh, Basically, whenever I use a soft boiled egg, I'm using some wonderful t- some bread, maybe some brioche or you know some wonderful toast, and then I just simply want to crack the slice it open over the egg itself, still get that little runniness out mm-hmm. of there. You can sprinkle on some uh, scrambled uh, bacon and chives on top of that. A, a little dolly of. Um, yogurt a cool whip and it makes for a wonderful wonderful bite for breakfast or for brunch all right uh we're into the part the way i like them which is scrambled we have hard scrambled uh scrambled technically means the egg that the whites and the yolks are broken and mixed together hard scrambled eggs are cooked all the way through soft scrambled the difference between soft and hard scrambled eggs is cooking time so reduce them for the soft ones so the first time i ever um i was in the delta uh and uh, in Leland, Mississippi, at Mrs. Bell's house, and she was cooking breakfast, and I wanted to help her, you know, because with the eggs, and I made them really runny. And she looked at me and she said, "You're the devil." <laughs> <laughs> I won't go that far. I'll say I do prefer maybe the hard to the soft. But if you have soft scrambled eggs, I'm certainly not going to get too upset. And then uh, ways to fry an egg: they're sunny side up. Uh, you, you, your yolk, your egg yolk looks like a bright morning sun. To make it, you crack an egg directly into a greased frying device, then fry it until the edge is brown without flipping. That's the big uh, choice there. Over easy is that you flip your sunny side egg up, uh, and it turns it over easy. Over medium is the next step after easy. They're fried, flipped, and fried a little longer, enough to cook the whites through and brown the edges slightly. You develop a thicker film on your yolk, but the inside is still runny. And then the last one on our list for a fried egg is over hard. It's fried, flipped, and fried again. Usually the egg is broken until both the white and the yolk are completely cooked. Just tap the edge of your spatula into the yolk or poke it with a fork before turning it over. And, you know, the one that I love the most that's not on this list, Kevin, is poached eggs. And, of course, that's when you uh, ladle your egg into a little water that's got a little bit of salt and a little bit of oil in it. You just kind of ease it in Mm -hmm. and just poach that egg up. That's one of my absolute favorite ways to And that's like a slow bath, I guess, in that. Absolutely. I mean, it's not not quite boiling, is it? No, you you want that water to just simply be steamed. You don't want to put it in some boiling water just kind of ease it in, very, and, it, and it just makes such a wonderful bite. A very gentle cooking process. Absolutely. We have one uh, last phone call to get to, and it is Jim who's called in this morning. Hello, Jim. Good morning. I have the perfect segue from Deborah's comment just a second ago about poached egg. Okay. My, fa- my favorite brunch dish is Eggs St. Charles. It's half an English muffin toasted, uh, about a four-ounce piece of speckled trout sautéed in butter. Oh, wow. One poached egg topped with hollandaise sauce, and a splash of cayenne pepper. Yes, Oh, wow. Sir. Very good. I got goosebumps. <laughs> I, it, it, I promise you, it's better than it sounds. Oh, no. It's, it really is a wonderful, wonderful, and it's a fancy way to have an egg, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Why are you having that mimosa? That's right. <laughs> exactly. All right. Hey, Jim, thanks for the call. Good way to yep. wrap things up for today. Uh, so, you know, I mean, I guess uh, if you're thinking about brunch, um, 
it's really this is a time where you can let your imagination go. And as we talked about, maybe eggs are a, a good base thing so that you can experiment around with uh, grits or something. Again, that if you have out there, you can certainly add a lot of different things, certainly cheese, shrimp, that kind of thing. So uh, don't be afraid, I guess, when you're having the, one of these brunches to kind of experiment uh, with some new flavors. Absolutely. You can serve brunch as a smorgasbord of items, or you can actually plan a menu, Kevin, which I prefer doing because, uh, you know, I like to have my guests sitting around the table and chit-chatting, and we want to plan menu. So either way it goes, I say have a wonderful brunch. And I love the idea of a theme. Go ahead and pick a theme for your brunch, and that might make it easier to go ahead and figure out all the things that you're going to put on the table for everyone to enjoy. That's going to wrap us up for today. Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio, funded by generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show is produced by Java Chapman, and our call screener today was Michelle McAdoo. No, it was Java. Java was the call screener and the producer. So for Deborah Hunter, I'm Kevin Farrell, inviting you to stay tuned. Up next, it's Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey and then Southern Remedy at 11. We'll be back next Monday at 9 for another Deep South Dining, heard only on MPB Think Radio.